This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello and welcome again to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This episode number 18, entitled John 1 and the Genesis Creation. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. Thanks so much again for joining us at the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. My name is Dustin Smith. I am your host. John chapter 1 has brought about a lot of conversation and discussion over the last 2,000 years. In fact, it's one of the most hotly debated and discussed passages in all of Scripture. There is a current scholarly consensus that states that John chapter 1 is drawing its significance on the passages in Genesis chapter 1 regarding the creation of the world through God's word. Now, despite the fact that there is a scholarly consensus that points John chapter 1 back to Genesis chapter 1, there is still a vocal minority on social media these days that seems to indicate that John chapter 1 should better be understood as a reference to the beginning of Jesus' ministry in the preaching of the gospel message. In other words, there is a small vocal minority that prefers to interpret John chapter 1 as a reference to the beginning of Jesus' evangelistic ministry regarding the word or the logos of John chapter 1 to be the word of the gospel message that was uttered and preached as gospel. So this particular episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast is going to look at all of the connections in John chapter 1 to the Genesis creation in order to demonstrate that the scholarly consensus regarding Genesis chapter 1 being the primary focal point of John chapter 1's instruction is actually correct and should be interpreted appropriately. So let's begin. John chapter 1 clearly refers back to the Genesis creation by beginning its dialogue with a direct quotation from Genesis chapter 1. So in the Greek text of Genesis chapter 1, in the Septuagint, it begins with this phrase, in the beginning, but in the Greek it says this Greek phrase, enarche, which is exactly as John chapter 1 and verse 1 begins, because John chapter 1 and verse 1 also begins with the phrase, in the beginning, with the same Greek phrase, in our he. So it seems to me very clear that John chapter 1, verse 1, by starting with this phrase, in our he, the Greek phrase for in the beginning, is directly quoting the same phrase that shows up in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 in the Septuagint. So to me, that seems to be a very obvious connection there. Another connection that I've noticed is that there is the discussion of God's creative word involving creation in John chapter 1. Particularly, let's look in verse 3, where in verse 3 it says, All things came into being through the word. All things came into being through God's creative and spoken word. And the same thing we see also in verse 10, which says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him. The world was made through this creative and powerful word. This word, again, by the way, is the personification of God's spoken and creative utterance. So we can see that creation comes into existence through the word, 
in John chapter 1, particularly in verse 3 and in verse 10. And this recalls the repeated insistence and this repeated refrain in Genesis chapter 1, which says, then God said, and then there would be followed with a reference to creation. Let's look at some of those verses. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, which says, then God said, let there be light, and there is light. Notice how God speaks creation into existence with his powerful and creative word. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 6. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 9. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place. Moving along, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11. Again, then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind, with seed in them. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And this phrase, then God said, continues to be repeated. We see it in Genesis 1.20, Genesis 1.24, Genesis 1.26, Genesis 1.28, and Genesis 1.29. Over and over and over, God speaks and orders his creation into existence with his creative and powerful word. Just like we saw in John chapter 1, where God speaks creation into existence with his logos. So to me, that seems to be a very obvious connection between Genesis chapter 1 and John chapter 1. Now, another connection is the reference to light. The reference to light. We read in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, which said that God spoke light into existence, and God said, let there be light, and ultimately there was light. But in John chapter 1, we can find the same insistence. Let's look here in John chapter 1 and verse 4, which says, In him, in God's creative and powerful logos, was life, and the life was the, here it is, light of humanity, or the light of men. So within God's creative and powerful speech, God's logos, was the light of men. And so God's word brings about life in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. And within God's creative and powerful logos is the light of men in John chapter 1 and verse 4. We can also see this in other instances in John chapter 1. Notice also in John 1 and verse 5 where it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So there we actually have light and darkness not just referring to the presence or the absence of light but they actually become metaphors for the people that are enlightened by God and his son and those who have not yet been enlightened and thereby the darkness did not comprehend, did not understand this light. And there's a lot of wordplay that's going on there in John chapter 1 and verse 5. We can also see down in verse 7 where we actually have moved to John the Baptist in John chapter 1 and verse 7 came as a witness to testify about the light. John chapter 1 and verse 8 says that he, John the Baptist, was not the light 
but he came to testify about the light. And lastly, we can see in John chapter 1 and verse 9, there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man, enlightens every person. So notice that the light has this function of enlightening and teaching and bringing order to creation. Just again, as we saw in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, to where God said and spoke that there should be light, and ultimately light was there. So the metaphor of light showing up in John chapter 1 and in Genesis chapter 1 seems to be a very obvious connection between the two of those passages. Moving along, we can also note that the light, which was created by God's creative and powerful speech, has a function of overpowering the darkness. So here we're looking at how the light overpowers the darkness. Let's actually look back at Genesis, okay? Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 says that the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. You actually get the sense here when you read the Hebrew that God's Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters in the sense of a mother hen hovering over, getting ready to bring about her children, being able to bring birth to her children. It's actually what the verb hovering over or moving over is used elsewhere within the Old Testament, within the Hebrew Bible. So there what we have is darkness is over the surface of the deep, but the Spirit of God is getting ready to move over the surface of the waters and getting ready to create, getting ready to bring things into existence. And then we have very next verse, in the very next breath, God speaks, let there be light, and there was light. So you have darkness and disorder and chaos going in, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, and then ultimately God speaks light to bring order to that darkness. That's the sense of what seems to be stated in Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. And so we have the overpowering of the darkness again in John chapter 1 and verse 5, where the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So the light bringing order to that particular darkness, and that darkness was not able to do anything against it. That darkness was not able to fight or to even understand what the light was doing. So, again, another connection there, not just of the light appearing in both passages, but here we're actually seeing the light created by God's creative and powerful speech overpowering the darkness, and that darkness was not able to understand or to fight against or to comprehend it. Next, we note that the creative speech, God's powerful word, his logos, has a clear ordering result, often bringing order by separating, in Genesis, upon a chaotically disordered world. We can also see this in John's Gospel to where God's powerful speech, his word, his logos, has the same ordering result to the disorder within this world. So let's start in Genesis. Let's actually look. So where in Genesis does God 
speak order into a disordered world, particularly by separating and by bringing an ordered function through the means of separating. So we already noted Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, to where there is the chaotic darkness that's all over the place, and that God speaks light into that particular darkness. Let's also look here in verse 4, okay, where it says, God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Okay, so notice there that light was good, and there's the act of separation, and that brings order to chaos that was taking place. You can also look in verses 6 through 7, where then God said, notice God speaks his creative order into existence, and it says, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. Verse 7, God made the expanse and separated the waters, which are below the expanse from the waters, which are above the expanse, and it was so. So notice God speaks with his word, and there is the ordering of his creation from a sense of disorder. Okay, We can also see in verses 9 through 10, where it says, Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. That's Genesis 1, verses 9 through 10, where there's the separation through the means of God speaking with his creative and powerful speech. Moving on again, let's look down in Genesis 1, verses 14 through 15, which says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens, and separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light to the earth, and it was so. So again, God speaks and separates, thus bringing order to his creation. We can even move down into see in verse 16, 17, and 18 of Genesis chapter 1. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to, here it is, separate the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good. So it was good, ordered, when God separated the light from the darkness and he did this by creating and making these lights. Of course, God does his creating through the means of his creative and powerful speech. So we see that there is an ordering result to a chaotically disordered world in Genesis chapter 1, and God does his ordering by speaking order into existence with his creative and powerful speech. And we can see in John chapter 1 that God's word, the Logos, bears the same function, bringing order to disorder. We've already noted in John chapter 1 and verse 5 that the light brings order to darkness, and the darkness is not able to overcome or to comprehend this light. We can also look in John chapter 1 and verse 9 where we see the same theme appearing where John the Baptist states that there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. So all human beings have a sense of disorder until they are enlightened, and they are enlightened with the light 
that comes from God's creative and powerful speech. We can also see that moving down to verse 12, when this speech is functioning as the embodied human being, Jesus Christ, many who received him, who received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Believing in his name means believing in Jesus' gospel. So there, Jesus actually is able to bring that order to chaos by giving sonship and entrance into the family of God by those who believe in his name, who believe in his gospel. So the function of bringing order to chaos appears in Genesis chapter 1, and it also appears in John chapter 1, verses 5, 9, and 12. Lastly, another important connection between Genesis 1 and John chapter 1 is that the creative speech of God creates life on earth, and the creative and powerful logos of God in John chapter 1 also is stated to possess life, and God's word is the vehicle through which God creates everything. So let's look at this function of life, L-I-F-E. Let's start in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 20, which states, Then God said, Let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. Verse 21, God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Verse 22, God blessed him, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. Skipping down to verse 24, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. Verse 25, God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Verse 26, God said, Let us make human in our image, according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So we can see that God is able to create life, literally, by creating birds and animals and fish and even human beings. But he does this by speaking, by God creating them through the means of his creative and powerful speech. And we can also see this in John chapter 1. Of course, we saw that in John chapter 1 and verse 3, that all things were created through God's word. This actually doesn't make any sense when it comes to the gospel because the gospel message, according to the minority view, doesn't actually create all things. All things were not brought into existence through the gospel. All things are actually made through God's creative speech, as we see in Genesis chapter 1. But also in John chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, in him, in this personified creative and powerful speech of God, God's word, God's logos, was life. There it is, that word. And that life was the light of humanity. Of course, we have humanity being depicted in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, 27, and 28. 
Furthermore, we can see that creation through this word also appears in John chapter 1 and verse 10, where he was in the world. This is the, again, the logos, God's creative and powerful speech, but the world was made through him. All creation, the world, was made through the vehicle of this logos, God's creative and powerful speech. So we can see that the creative speech of God creates life on earth in Genesis, and the creative speech of God creates and possesses life in John chapter 1. So, in conclusion, we have observed that, number one, John 1 immediately connects its readers back to Genesis by quoting the phrase, in the beginning, exactly as Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 states in the Greek text. Number two, we noted that John chapter 1 depicts creation coming into existence through the vehicle of God's creative and powerful spoken word just as Genesis chapter 1 depicts in its repeated phrase, then God said, followed by an act of creation. Number three, we have observed that John chapter 1 further connects with Genesis chapter 1 by noting that within God's creative and powerful word was light. Just as Genesis 1 depicts God saying, let there be light. Number four, we noted that just as the light shone in the darkness, in Genesis chapter 1, John chapter 1 likewise uses this theme to show the light's dominance over the unenlightened darkness. Number 5, we have observed that both in Genesis chapter 1 and in John chapter 1, the creative and powerful word brings order to chaos. And number 6, we noted that John chapter 1 draws on the life-giving capabilities of God's creative and powerful word as depicted in Genesis chapter 1's creation of living creatures and even human beings. If you enjoyed the Biblical Unitarian Podcast and you would like to support the work that it is doing, be sure to check out this episode's description for a PayPal link. Thanks again so much for listening to us today. My name is Dustin Smith, your host, and until next time, take care.